0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Board of Pharmacy What, Why, and How podcast, where we discuss what the Board of Pharmacy did at their meeting today, why they took this action, and how it affects your practice. This is Casey Fisek with IPA, I'm here with Sue Mears from the board. Sue, thanks for joining us.
1: You bet.
0: Some uh, Definitely some notable uh, action taken by the board today, a few things that have finally, I think um, finished that have taken a long time for the board. So that's good news. Um, but also some exciting new, uh, new developments, including two new members of the board. So, um, the board now has a certified pharmacy technician member, as well as, um, appointed a new member, a new pharmacist member, Kathy Stone and Dane Nielsen. So that's, that's an exciting development. And then, uh, Also, like I mentioned before, uh, finally some uh, adoption and filings on the technician product verification rules. So, gosh, where do we start? (laughs) Maybe, Sue, you can walk through the timeline again, and then that might help put it all into perspective.
1: Yeah, certainly. So, I mean, obviously the board's been uh, working on this for a long time, you know, with the help of IPA folks and lots of people that had uh, submitted comments. Um, So the board had originally published uh, some proposed rulemaking um, back in February um, and received a lot of comments. Um, so I'll just really highlight a couple of the, the primary things that the the board did end up changing based on those comments. There, there really weren't a lot of changes from the noticed uh, version, um, but one thing uh, that they did Incorporate was additional clarifying language to address TPV programs within institutional um, such as hospital settings um, and then probably what the biggest um, concern for people was the board's proposed technician to pharmacist ratio um, during um, in a pharmacy that's utilizing a TPV program uh, so the board did adjust that language. To be that uh, the pharmacy can use no more than three checking technicians per pharmacist within that prescription filling process. So that, you know, when you're calculating that ratio, it will exclude. Um, Say in the in the hospital setting it will exclude technicians that are down on the floor working on med rec or you know Or whatever if if they're outside of the pharmacy Um, And then in say a retail community pharmacy setting that ratio would exclude Technicians who are not involved in that filling process. They may be in the back room filling um, cassettes um, or long-term care patients Um, it would just be those um, individuals that are involved in that prescription filling process that will count in that three to one ratio.
0: That's helpful, Sue. Thanks, because I think that was probably one of the bigger questions out there as far as what was encompassed within within those checking technicians so I think that's very helpful do you know when the effective date of those rules will be
1: Um, I would suspect maybe later in July Um, we'll get them filed and then it's 35 days from the the time that they're published in the administrative rules bulletin to when they're effective so I would suspect late July is when they'll actually be effective
0: Okay, great, thank you. Well, the next one is also something that's kind of been ongoing for the board as well, and that's the proposed adoption and filing to amend Chapter 8 relating to uh, universal practice standards but USP 800. Um, Again, sort of um, a saga here as the board has taken action. So uh, I think it would be helpful maybe, again, to just walk through the timeline, and now that we've reached the end here, explain Uh, what the final action was from the board.
1: Yeah, sure, so uh, the board started looking at this back in August and had um, published a notice of intended action um, that would just put pharmacies on notice that USP 800 was coming um, and to encourage pharmacies to implement the standards outlined in USP 800. Um, And then comments were received looking for clarification of what the board's ultimate intent will be and if the board will look to enforcement of USP 800 at some point in the future. So in December, the board published an amended notice of intended action, which identified um, a a drop dead date, I guess if we will, to make it clear that they did intend to enforce USP 800 standards as of December 1 or whenever USP identified an enforcement date, which currently is set for December 1. Um, so, again, the board being another notice of intended action, the board continued to receive comments from the public and the healthcare associations, as well as the Administrative Rules Review Committee of legislators, um, expressing concern um, with the enforcement date and asked either for um, overall delayed compliance of 18 months or giving pharmacies an opportunity to seek um, approval from the board for delayed compliance. So, the board. Um, agreed or wanted to still continue with a December 1 deadline of compliance, but allowing pharmacies an opportunity to seek um, approval for delayed compliance. So what this, uh, the rulemaking that the board adopted today, that which will be filed, um, would continue to uh, leave the December 1 enforcement date, but then allow the board to develop a Uh, committee um, similar to what they have for the rules committee which is just a subset of um, staff that um, would be able to review applications and so an application will be developed specifically to um, delayed compliance for USP um, and they could submit that application and this committee would be able to review that um, and grant or deny that request for delayed compliance and an application which is approved for delayed compliance would be approved for no more than 18 months Um, yeah i think that
0: so if you are a pharmacy or a hospital pharmacy compounding pharmacy and usp 800 i would hope is on your radar right now but um, if that december 1 2019 date is something that you know it's gonna be difficult uh, for compliance. Stay tuned from news for news from the board, from IPA, regarding what that process might look like. I don't, I don't know if the board has, it was just adopted today, so I'd imagine that'll still come together. Um, but but be aware of that, be prepared. Um, if the waiver is something you might need to, to apply for before December 1, 2019, that there will be a process to ensure
1: yeah, and I guess maybe I'll just clarify, too, or make clear that um, the delayed compliance application process is specific to those pharmacies that are involved in compounding of All hazardous right. drugs. Um, the expectation, um, the rule um, that was adopted today for 8.5 creates new subrule 11, which... Um, is for any pharmacy that's handling hazardous drugs will be expected to comply with USP 800. So even a pharmacy that is not compounding, but they are just handling controlled hazardous substances, they will be expected to be compliant. Um, And there isn't a specific delayed compliance option for them ultimately. A waiver is always a legal recourse for pharmacies, if you know. Um, but the board has made it pretty clear over the last several years that Speed 100 has been out there for a number of years, and pharmacies should be on notice that this has been coming, um, and they expect pharmacies to be ready and compliant on December one.
0: Okay, great. Well, the next two pieces, um, you know, when you talk about the, the why the board took the action, well, these are both responses to legislation passed, correct?
1: Um, not this this first one. Um, so the board. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So the board is. Um, and
0: that is. Uh, a notice of intended yep. action to amend yes. chapter 10 and chapter 100 so yeah. um, those will be opening up for public comment just to remind yeah. everyone of the rulemaking process but Sue if, if you can explain a little bit here about what those changes are that'd be helpful
1: yeah so the rules committee was presented with a question um, relating to pseudoephedrine sales in the pharmacy and Iowa code identifies pharmacy employees as being eligible to participate in that sale of a pseudoephedrine. Um, and to this point um, the people that have been allowed or authorized to, per, to make that sale have been certified pharmacy technicians and pharmacists and interns. So what this proposes to do is to expand that authorization to pharmacy support persons as well as technician trainees. Um, and again, like you said, Casey is just going out for notice of intended action. So it's just out for public comment um, and we'll see what, what everyone thinks.
0: Okay, interesting. Well, that I would assume that would be a supported change for most pharmacies. I would, yeah. I would yeah. Go, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: always, you always hope for that, oh, though okay. I assume. And then finally, another proposed notice of intended action, and that's to rescind Chapter Thirty One, which is student loan default or noncompliance with agreement for payment of obligation. That's a tongue tongue twister there but this is in response to legislation that was passed this year correct
1: correct yep Senate file 304 was enacted this session um, and it prohibits any licensing agencies from taking disciplinary action um, or suspending revoking any of that sort of thing against a licensee simply for default of their student loan um, or non-compliance with a payment obligation Um, so this is absolutely a um, common-sense legislation that if if somebody's not able to pay back their student loans, it's probably not a good idea to discipline their license and
0: remove <laughs> the them, ability right, for them, them to pay, them pay those already, loans right. back. So yeah.
1: this notice of intended action simply would rescind Chapter Thirty One, which entirely deals with student loan default um, issues, and then amending the discipline chapter by taking away the subrule that identifies default of a student loan as a grounds for discipline.
0: Great. Okay. Well. Those are sort of the big-picture highlights here, Sue. I appreciate you uh, taking the time today to walk us through those and the actions the board took. Do you know when the next board meeting is? I'm trying to think off the top. It's in July. I'm
1: not sure the dates. early July.
0: So stay tuned for our next podcast then sometime in July where we'll update you again on all the action the board took. But thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Sue, uh, for joining us as well today.
1: No problem.